Welcome to episode 41 of the Gambots Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and this is my co-host. It's Christian. On this week's episode, we are going to talk about the newly released movie Stuber, Christian Saul, The Lion King, and San Diego Comic-Con has been ongoing over the past couple days, and there has been a lot of new Marvel news, so we're going to be talking about that. But first, Christian, we both saw Stuber this week, and I gotta say, I really enjoyed it. Did what? What did you think of it? Yeah, man, I thought it was hysterical. I loved it. This, like, I think I've talked a lot about John Wick being great, a great action movie. This is up there with it of being like an action comedy. Like, this is a really good uh, take on the buddy cop uh, genre. Yeah, I agree. It was it was very fun. The the. Uh... There were plot elements that I wasn't expecting, which was really nice because I feel like they gave us a lot in the preview, and I was happy that like even with how much they gave us in the preview, I was still surprised by a lot of things. Yeah, so the basic premise of Stuber for anyone who has not seen the preview is it stars Dave Bautista and Kumil Nunjiani, and so Dave Bautista is a police officer on the force, and he is trying to hunt down a criminal who he is obsessed with because uh, the criminal killed his partner. After so many months into his case, he ends up getting uh, LASIK surgery, so he's blind for the day, and that's when his case breaks wide open, and so he's unable to drive, so he has to hire an Uber driver, uh, which is played by Kumail Nanjiani, to basically drive him around L.A. and shake down people for information and try and find this big bad guy who killed his partner, and... Uh, that's basically the whole tension. The buddy cop part of it is Kumil's not really a cop, but those two offer very differing personalities. And that's, I think where a lot of the comedy comes from. Yeah. The, the two of them together, it works on almost every level. Like with, with him being like the, the tough guy, big beefy cop and Kumal Nanjiani just being the like dorky, like, wimpy little like oh i'm i'm here under duress i <laughs> think like, i'm only here because i'm being forced to be i was it was a very fun dynamic yeah and there's uh or more characters in this or, and there are more actors in this than i realized uh karen gillian was in it as was jimmy tatro and i, I was surprised how shortly karen gillian was in it for her being in it but if you know who jimmy tatro is he is he basically plays the same character in everything, and if you've seen American Vandal, he's, uh, I think the kid's name was Dylan, it was the guy who was indicted for spray-painting the dicks on cars. Um, <laughs> and he's essentially playing that character as, uh, I don't know, an adult at this point, working at a hunting store, where he's still just a total tool bag, but I thought he was hilarious in this. Yeah, the uh, the final, like, the final face-off that they got to have with him was <laughs> pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> I I think, I, I don't know, did you see American Vandal by chance? No, I haven't. Uh, dude, you should check that out. Um, that's also a great one, but I don't want to get off of this. Uh, were there any were there any standout scenes for you in this one? Uh, you know, not really. I, I just, I really enjoyed, like, the, the whole ride of this. Like you said, I was surprised at how little Karen Gillan was actually in this, especially for how prominently she's featured on the poster. Um, yeah. So so that was one of the surprises. Like I said, like this this movie managed to still surprise me, even even with everything else. 
this movie seemed like a throwback action movie to me, especially with the poster. Like it reminds me something out of like an eighties action movie or something like lethal weapon E where you have everyone on the poster or something like that. And then even it being set in LA, like those movies were, uh, you have him at the end dating, end up dating, uh, Batista's daughter. (laughs) And then, uh, actually one of my favorite parts of the movie was when Nanjiani was, asking Batista if he had any of these things happen to him before. And like, I knew most of the things were going to happen where he's like, have you ever took a bullet for someone or shot out tires in a car or walked away (laughs) with your back to an explosion? And then they don't actually do it one for one in the movie. Like they do in some action movies, they all have like a little bit of a different take where the car blows up at the end because of the propane, even though it's like electric. And then Batista goes to shoot out the tires and it doesn't actually work. Like those, I thought those parts were great touches and good, really good callbacks to earlier in the film. Yeah, I guess uh, my, my big standout moment, the, the one that stuck with me, that was uh, come sail away by sticks started playing as they were, uh, as they were escaping. And as a result, I listened to that song for like three days afterwards Ugh, I mean, that, did you hear Batista too? And then he goes, "You totally had me right. I love sticks." When he was driving, when originally he was like yeah. saying he hates it. <laughs> uh, man, another I thought just hilarious scene was uh, in the vet's office when he ended up like throwing the cans, uh, and just seeing everyone everyone having to die. He like some of the scenes in this were great of just uh, Nanjiani totally being a civilian, I think acting appropriately if you were in shootouts like this or held hostage. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, it, it could have been, it could have easily been like an 80s movie with, with the one exception of like him being an Uber driver, which is obviously a brand new thing. Like this, this didn't really have any, any elements that, would have been out of place in like a, a 90s or an 80s scene. I guess uh, they FaceTime a couple of times, but that's that's really about it. Yeah, and I gotta say, after seeing this, like, Batista is slowly becoming one of my favorite action stars. He's consistently <laughs> putting out really good action movies and, and good performances. Well, he's got another one coming out soon, too. It's, it's like an action comedy. Oh, really? I didn't know that one. Uh, do you know what it's called? It's called My Spy. He, he he's working with this woman as like an undercover spy, and the woman's daughter finds their like command post and blackmails him, and so he has to become like her bodyguard. It looks it looks like a uh, a similar kind of thing to like the Pacifier, where this big tough guy has to be be like best friends with this little girl. Um, yeah, so I would I would check that one out. I, I really like what he's been outputting. Uh, one other thing that I really like about this movie is they kept it short and sweet. It didn't seem like they had any really wasted scenes. Either the scene was there for like comedic purposes or, or move the plot along. This movie clocks in at 93 minutes like with credits. So it is a quick watch. And, you know, I loved every minute of it. Yeah, it was quick, but it, it didn't feel like it. You know, it, like it didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel like inadequate. It it was the perfect length. Like it, you, it sucks you in, and you don't really even notice how short it is. Exactly. Like the nothing felt like it didn't feel like any scene didn't need to be there. Like I normally hate when they put love stories into these types of movies, and they kind of had it with uh. Kumail Nanjiani's like uh, unrequited love, but I think that was also there for his growth and to show the two types of masculinity 
between Batista and him. So I think it had more of a purpose. Uh, and also there is maybe a total of five minutes of scenes of him talking to like that girl. So it was, it was really uh, kept to a minimum. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was used really well when he was in the strip club and he, you know, there's just a guy <laughs> walks by and she's like, is that a, did I just see that? And he's like, no, don't ignore it. Ignore it. Like they, they used it well. So I, they did not like pad anything in this, which I appreciated. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, critic wise, Rotten Tomatoes has this at a 42% and then the audience score is at a 79%. Uh, what do you think of those? I'm I'm probably over seventy nine percent. I'd probably put it in the high eighties. I'm with you. I think forty two percent is way too low for this movie. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I'm a little biased because I love action movies like these. But you know, I think this is a really good movie. And I mean, I think the seventy nine percent one's a little bit more fair. But I'm I'm with you. I would put it over that as well. I would definitely definitely go see this again. What's it doing money wise? Uh, so it had a 16 million budget and so far it's made 19.1 million in the box office and i think it's only been out for two weeks so far yeah it came out just last week i'm I'm surprised it didn't at least at our theater it didn't do super well it did it did less business than crawl which is the crazy movie about the alligators in the hurricane like significantly more people came to see that than came to see super which which bummed me out because super was great yeah, well, I mean, that's crazy. I feel like there's a audience for uh, the alligator movie, so maybe those people are coming out. <laughs> I don't know how well Stuber was actually marketed. I've only, you know, I've only seen a couple previews here and there, and also I don't know if Dave Batista is a household name. I don't know if he ever will be, but I, I think he is very good. And I, I think if they did a better job marketing, people would have came out to see this one. Yeah, that's always something that I have I have a hard time speaking to because I'm kind of insulated with the with working at the movie theater. We <laughs> I see previews for everything constantly, so it's it's always hard for me. And I don't really watch television, so it's it's always hard for me to gauge how much actual like it's it's out in the world. That's true. I don't really watch much TV either. Um, I gauge it mostly like if I tell some friends I'm going to go see this if they know what it is or not, <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, <laughs> this clearly is not like a big movie. If they're like, I'm sorry, what is, what is that? <laughs> Uh, so would you recommend our audience check this one out oh absolutely yes i'm with you i would say if you're a fan of action movies definitely check this one out it's a fun one it is currently in theaters and i gotta imagine it'll be there for another couple weeks yeah probably This weekend, Disney released the highly anticipated Lion King. Now, I have seen some critic reviews on this one, and they are surprisingly critical for uh, these these Disney movies, especially one as beloved as Lion King. Christian, what did you think of it? You know, I was apprehensive going in just because of the these reviews, but I was still excited. Um, I liked it. It was it was good. It was fun. It's exactly what I wanted it to be, basically. Now, were you a fan of the original Lion King? I am, yeah. It's it's always been one of my favorites. So do they follow the basic plot of the Lion King? I've never actually seen any of these remakes, so I don't know if they take really take too many liberties or not. Uh, some of them do, some of them don't. Um, this one was basically a shot-for-shot recreation of the cartoon. It was really, really close to the original, at least the, as I, I remember the original being. Uh, did they have any voice actors return from the original? 
Uh, yeah, uh, just the one. Uh, James Earl Jones comes back as Mufasa, which was awesome because I cannot honestly imagine anyone else in that role. Yeah, that will be weird because it's has such an iconic voice for Mufasa. Uh, how did and so they obviously got new voice actors for everyone else. Uh, looks like Donald Glover starred as adult Simba. They had Beyonce. Was there any real standouts on this for you? There were a few, yeah. I think Donald Glover did a good job. Um, not as much with the singing. He's he's a great rapper. He's like he's one of my favorite rappers. He doesn't have a very strong voice though, as as far as like singing goes. So when they put him up against Beyonce, it was glaring in in parts because she's an incredibly strong singer. Um, the one I was most back and forth with was Scar because. I feel largely the same about Scar's voice uh, being Jeremy Irons in the original as I felt about James Earl Jones being Mufasa. Like, I could not imagine somebody replacing Jeremy Irons. But uh, Chitwell Ejiofor did a, a pretty good job as Scar. It was uh, it was good enough that I didn't I didn't really pay it much mind. Uh, for me, the the best though were absolutely Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen as Timon and Pumbaa. They were perfect, especially Billy Eichner. Yeah, Billy Eichner, I never thought of it until I saw it. He seems like he would be a very good uh, Timon. He was perfect. It was absolute sass from the moment he hit the screen, and like I was rolling. I was having so much fun. Uh, what about Seth Rogen? I I like him in a lot of stuff, but sometimes I, I, I don't love him in roles. Uh, was this one that you think he it, it fit him? Yeah, he was good in this. Not a good singer, but that's okay. Like it's it's Timon. It's a warthog. Like you can play up the fact that he, like he doesn't have a, a great voice for this. Um, so it didn't really come off as an, a negative. It was just like a goofy bit. But yeah, he he nailed the the rest of the character. I think perfectly. It's funny when I was preparing for this, I was looking at the full cast on IMDb, and I was like, I thought Donald Glover was in this, but he was not in the first like. Half of IMDb, you actually have to click show more for him to appear as a voice, which I couldn't believe. Yeah, that is that is surprising. I mean, he he doesn't appear as a voice until probably the like the 40 minute mark since it's all just young Simba. But that is surprising that he wouldn't be billed higher. So why do you think that critics have panned this so much? Honestly, I'm not sure. I don't know if they're just tired of the remakes or or what. Um they they hit Aladdin pretty hard, but that was kind of deservedly so. And my only real complaint about this movie was that the lions were the the calling this a live action is generous, right? Because it's not. It's it's just a CG cartoon, but it's a photorealistic CG cartoon. So since they tried to keep the lions as realistic as possible, it did dip into the uncanny valley once or twice. And also, lions aren't expressive. They don't show emotions with their face. So none of these characters were really very emotive. They just kind of spoke their feelings. And especially when you think about how expressive you can make lions in a cartoon where you don't have to worry about realism. Like, none of, none of these faces were really conveying any emotion. And so it all looked a little flat. Uh, that's another thing I was wondering because the photorealism of this is part of the reason why I'm never going to watch this. I, I think it's creepy. I <laughs> didn't like it in the Jungle Book. I'm not going to see Jungle Book probably ever 
uh, by choice. How do they handle like the mouths on the animals? Do they actually speak those words or do they just kind of have voiceovers kind of like a Homer bound scenario? No, they, they have the mouths moving. It's just that they don't move very much. It's just like an open and close and like they don't really have lips, so they can't really form the, the shapes of words. So that's what I mean. Like not, none of this was very expressive and sometimes it it drifted into the the kind of anime world of like the mouths are just opening and closing kind of unrelated to the words that are being formed. And so it was a little off-putting in in some places, but for the most part, like if you let yourself just get sucked into it, you don't notice that as much. And so this was because yeah, it's not really directed uh, because it's a CG movie, but it was produced by John Favreau, who you know, huge with the Marvel movies. It seems like he is taking on a lot of Disney properties and and really. Uh, making them a lot of money at the box office at the very least. Yeah, and I think he was the right one to tap for this too because he also did Jungle Book, like you had said. And uh, I see, I really like Jungle Book, and I thought they did a better job with that one, at least with making the uh, making the animals expressive than they did with Lion King. I think the original animated Lion King could be a lot of people's favorite movies, especially like their favorite Disney movie. Do you see? kids in 2019 having one of these new remakes as their favorite movie doesn't have to be the lion king it can be one of the other ones but do you see these becoming as beloved as the animated ones or do you think that technology is going to advance and these are going to date themselves with this cg uh ones like this i could see them them dating themselves with the cg the other the other legitimate live action ones like uh Cinderella or Beauty and the Beast. I think those are going to hold up a little better. Um, there's Mulan is the next one coming out, which looks actually pretty great, by the way. Um, but as far as like these remakes being like a kid's favorite thing compared to like the way that they were received as the originals, no, I, I like I don't think that's going to happen. Speaking of Mulan, that actually I, I lied. I maybe I will see that one. That was my favorite movie, uh, of, like of the Disney movies growing up. So maybe I'll see that one not in theater, but when it comes out uh, on video. Yeah, they had the trailer at the beginning of uh, of Lion King, and I had watched the trailer on YouTube previously and thought it looked not great. And when I watched it on the big screen in, uh, the other day in the theater, I was like, "Oh man, I don't know why I thought this looked bad. This looks great." <laughs> I just I really like the Mulan soundtrack, so that can, yeah. Uh, well, I should preface this by saying that uh, m- none of the songs are going to be in it. It's not going to be a musical. Oh, well, then that, that does temper <laughs> my uh, excitement for it. So. And they also they also took Mushu out because they're sticking closer to the like the original Chinese uh, story. Man, uh, well, I'm not as excited now. So it was a real <laughs> uh, real roller coaster there. <laughs> Sorry. No, um, but so yeah, like the original Lion King came out right in the middle of the Disney Renaissance, which is, I mean, something that I could talk about on its own for a long, long time. But like that's like Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. Like these were all Disney Renaissance movies that they're choosing to remake now. And uh, some of them some of them are doing well and some of them are, are doing less well. But I, I think as long as they're still making the money that they're making, they're going to keep doing it. And I mean... For as bad as the the critics panned Lion King when the they first watched it, this still made a ton of money. 
before we get into the box office, uh, how was I forgot to ask? How was the music in this? It was good. They like I said, it was almost a shot for shot remake. Like some of the the lyrics got changed just a little bit, but nothing really noticeable. They did add. They they gave Beyonce her own song, which was my one of my chief complaints about Aladdin. Though I had several. But they, it didn't break the narrative the way that Aladdin's did, and it didn't. They didn't really even bother inserting it into the narrative at all. It just kind of plays uh, as Simba returns to the Pride Lands, like during his and Nala's run through the desert. It kind of plays in the background, so it's not really even a part of the movie, musically speaking. It's more incidental than anything else, and I, I think it worked as far as that goes. Okay, and then speaking of the box office, do you know how this fared? So it made $131 million domestically. It made $553 million worldwide. So it's it's doing really, really well. Yeah, it's a strong opening weekend. It looks like its budget was $260 million, so they made that back almost uh, two, ta- two times yeah. that back. Yeah, which is crazy. Yep. Uh, so we kind of danced around it earlier, but so Rotten Tomatoes has this sitting at a... 53% critic and then 89% audience. Uh, what Which one of those do you more agree with? I'd lean towards the 89%. I'd probably put it low 80s, just like I said, because I, I did have some complaints. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it was just a fun ride. It, was, it wasn't super nostalgic in a way that I thought it might be, but it was still a very fun movie. So would you suggest our audience check this one out? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, go go for it. Like I said, it's it's fun. If you like uh, if you like Disney movies, you'll like it. And you can see this in theaters, and I'm going to guess it's going to have a pretty long run. Yeah, for sure. In Marvel news, there has been a lot of announcements coming out of Comic-Con regarding the future of the television series for the Marvel Universe as well as the cinematic universe and how they seem to be uh, tied together. Have you had a chance to check out any of the news coming out of there, Christian? Oh, yeah, I was following that pretty close. So I think I'll just start off by giving a list of either TV shows or movies that have been announced, and then we can kind of go into each one. So, of the television series that are all going to be on Disney's new streaming service starting in 2020 or 2021 are the ones we knew about, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, WandaVision, and Loki. And then there will be an animated series called What If, which uh, we'll get into a little bit. And then there's going to actually be a Hawkeye series as well. And then the movies that were either announced or they gave a little bit more information... There's Black Widow, there's The Eternals, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, there's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, and then most likely what appears to be a Blade movie coming. Yep. Uh, So let's let's talk about Black Widow first because I think that's the one most people knew about. Uh, what, What did they say about that one, Christian? Uh well they released some new cast. They they revealed some new characters. Uh, so it is going to be Scarlett Johansson, um, and the the one I'm most excited about, at least, was uh, David Harbour is coming on as the Red Guardian, and uh, he's he's kind of like a counterpart to Captain America a little bit. Yeah, he's like the Russian Captain America. 
So the the villain looks like it's going to be Taskmaster, who, if I'm remembering correctly, has the ability to like just learn things super quickly, and that includes like physical abilities. Yeah, he's good at like I, I, copying fighting styles, those kind of things. Which I, I think it's a good villain to pair for the Scarlet Witch. It's not uh it's not like a cosmic being or or anything like that. It's more in the human realm, kind of like Batman a little bit, I think. Yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see if this is going to open up like a, a couple new things, new avenues that they can take because Red Guardian is part of like the Russian Avengers or like the Russian Fantastic Four with a couple other people, one of whom is like a bear man. So well uh that they I think it's the the Winter Guardians or the Winter Guard is like the, the Russian Avengers. Yep, and this will, I believe, take place in an event that has been uh, alluded to throughout the movies, like the Budapest incident or something like that, where uh, Hawkeye has mentioned that or she's mentioned that a couple times. So I think we'll finally get the full story on that. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, I want to try and do this in chronological order, so but it might be a little bit out because for the television series, we only have Fall of 2020, Falcon and the Winter Soldier are coming out. And now this one is going to take place after Endgame, so we know for sure that it'll be uh, everything that's happened. We're not we're not going to be a prequel like Black Widow is, and it's going to be starring um, it's going to be starring Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan in their respective roles. Uh, other than that, I I don't know too much about it. Um, have you heard anything more about that one, Christian? Not much. Uh, the logo has the Captain America shield, and I mean. It's- Spoilers for Endgame, I guess, but I'll, I'll be interested to see if how much uh, the Falcon transitions into his role as like the new Captain America, or if he stays just as Falcon with the shield. Yeah, because in the comics, he takes over the role. Uh, Falcon takes over the role as Captain America for you know I, I think a couple years or so. Uh, so it'd be cool if they uh, they at least have a little bit of that storyline. Maybe they'll trade off back and forth since Captain since uh, Falcon's not a super soldier and Bucky is. Yeah. Uh, and then the next uh, movie releasing in the lineup is The Eternals. Now, The Eternals is a real blind spot for me. Um, I, I would consider myself, I guess, a casual Marvel comic fan. Like, I've got, I've had Marvel Unlimited. I've read my fair share of runs of characters I liked. But these guys have never come really come onto my radar. Uh, and they released a pretty comprehensive cast list. Uh, did you see some of the names attached to this? Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up, was that of, of all of the things that they announced, besides the What If uh, animated show, I think this is the one that has the, the largest announced cast so far. Even uh, even before Comic-Con, there were leaks coming out about who was going to be in it. Yeah, so we talked about Kumail Nanjiani a little bit in Stuber. He will be in this as well. Uh, and then I think a more surprising name to me is Angelina Jolie is attached to this. Yep, as is Selma Hayek and uh, Richard Madden, who people would know as Rob Stark from Game of Thrones. And so I think this is the biggest risk in a movie they're taking since Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, they crush Guardians of the Galaxy. But if someone like me who, you know, casually follows the comics don't know these guys, I don't know if your normal moviegoer is going to. Yeah, agreed. But... Like you said about Guardians, it's the same kind of thing. Like, how many people knew Rocket Raccoon or Groot when, uh, however many years ago before that came out? 
That's true. And I actually, from what I remember of reading parts of the Guardians comics, I actually don't like the Guardians of the Galaxy comics. I like the movies <laughs> way better. So, uh, you know, I think Marvel has, uh, they've, they've, they deserve the benefit of the doubt at this point because they have crushed so many movies, especially, I feel like every time we've talked about uh, them, especially in the early times, like, Captain America and Thor and all these guys were not huge names and you know, they're not Spider-Man. They're not the X-Men. So every, every chance they've had where it's, it's been in doubt, they've proved people wrong. So I think they've earned the benefit of the doubt and I bet this will end up being pretty good. Yeah. This is probably the one I'm most excited for just because of, of the cast. And like, I, I like so many of the people that they've announced and it's, it's a, it's one of the stranger ones. All I know about it is that it's it's these immortals who they've just kind of lived on Earth this whole time and they've kind of like helped society along or, or like moved it in the way that they want to go. So I'll be interested to see if it's going to be about kind of like a, if the whole movie could be like a montage of like them throughout history, like meeting up or, or like bumping into each other, kind of like the uh, the beginning of that one Good Omens episode. And one interesting thing about the Eternals too is they will star uh, their first death superhero. Oh yeah, uh, and then the next uh, show that I believe is being released in in the time in in chronological order will be Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This will also be another first for Marvel. It'll be their first Asian superhero, uh, played by Samu Liu. Uh, Shang-Chi's also another blind spot for me. I don't know if you know much about uh, that character. I know nothing about this character, but it seems like... Uh, I mean, Ten Rings has kind of been in and out of the, the the MCU since the very beginning, since Iron Man. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to see what they're going to do with the Ten Rings because I, and on my first watching of all the movies, not this a couple months ago, or we watched them all in order... I never really picked up on the Ten Rings being or so prevalent, but on the rewatch, like they appear in I the couple of the Iron Mans, they're in Ant Man, like they are a, a, a force that they've kept uh, alluding to. So it's cool that they're finally getting their due. The main bad guy in this is supposed to be the true Mandarin, uh, instead of the Mandarin that we got in Iron Man three. <laughs> so I think a lot of people who are angry about Iron Man three, hopefully they'll be a little bit more happy with the Mandarin's portrayal in this one. I hope it's just Ben Kingsley again. Oh my God. That would be like the biggest <laughs> middle finger to those people. Oh, it's, it's just, just, it's just a twist. Again. A twist is he was actually, he's the mastermind the whole time. He played the drunk. <laughs> that would be outstanding. That would be hilarious. I would see that movie just because everyone would be so mad about it. Uh, so next on the list is WandaVision is being released in the spring of 2021. I think this is supposed to take place after Endgame, so I don't know how Vision's coming back. My question with this one is, who asked for this? Yeah, I I don't know. It's not. This is not one I'm particularly interested in. Vision is one of my least favorite Avengers, and Wanda is also one of my least favorite uh, <laughs> Avengers, so I, I don't care about this at all. Maybe it'll be good, maybe it won't be. I, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this one besides uh, who's why are they making this? Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's mostly why are they making this. No, like, I 
I've been going back and forth since they announced about the the Disney Plus about whether I wanted to load up with another subscription service. Um, I feel like I'm going to have to because I am going to want to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm going to want to watch a couple of these other shows we haven't talked about yet. But even if I bother paying for Disney Plus, I can't imagine watching this. Yeah, this this one's probably going to be a hard pass for me. I already don't watch that much television, so I don't see myself making time for it. Yeah, I've got too much to get through as it is. Uh, also, so I think Wanda's at, Wanda is going to tie into the Doctor Strange movie from I heard a little bit. But before Doctor Strange comes out, I think Loki will be uh, out releasing spring 2021. This will follow the uh, old evil Loki pre-Reformation uh, from Thor 2 and Ragnarok and, uh, and um, Infinity War and all that. It'll essentially take place right after he grabs the Tesseract in Endgame and disappears. So we finally got an answer on what, what Loki we are going to be watching. Yeah, so that, that does answer. That that covers at least one uh, loose end from Endgame. And, yeah, and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what kind of a path new Loki takes. Of all of the TV shows, this is the one that interests me most. I really like Tom Hiddleston, and it, it would be great if they incorporated Thor in some way, just because those are, right now, I think, my two favorite characters uh, in the MCU. <laughs> so th- this is the one... I would consider getting the Disney uh, streaming service for, but I want, we'll talk about that in a little bit because I want to get into that a bit. Uh, the next one released will be Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, this is supposed to be the first, in quotes, horror movie that the Marvel Universe is releasing. Uh, so it's interesting they're using Doctor Strange with it because obviously he has a lot of those psychedelic things, and I think it's a good direction they could go. But I think Wanda also might be appearing in this one from uh, what I've heard. Yeah, I heard that, that that as well, that Scarlet Witch is supposed to be in this. I think it's a good choice uh, to, to do a, a, like a Doctor Strange horror movie. I think if they go the the right route, they can do like a uh, almost like an HP Lovecraft, like cosmic horror kind of movie. And I, I would be really, really into that. Yeah, and he's totally the one who can do it because he can travel through dimensions a lot easier, I think, than the other ones I, I was excited about this too because they do tease the multiverse a little bit in in uh spider-man far from home but then they kind of like uh, they, they backtrack a, a little bit on it and so it left a lot of people scratching their heads saying like well are they going to dive into the multiverse then or are they not or are they just going to let this be what it is but that uh, yeah so I'm, I'm happy they are actually committing to to doing a multiverse story and then the next one being released in the summer of 2021 is the Marvel's What If series. Now this, I, I don't know. It sounds like you know a little bit more about this one than me because you're excited about it. What one is that? What is this one about? This is basically like a parallel timeline situation. It's, I, it could be any number of things. It's basically like what would the, the present day Marvel universe look like if several key events had unfolded differently? So, like, if Civil War had gone a different way, if, like, the original Avengers had gone a different way, if certain heroes had been uh, chosen differently, like, if, like say, if, if Spider-Man was Miles Morales instead of Peter Parker. So there's, there's a number of different things that they could do with this, or they could do all of the above. And the cast that they announced for this 
filled the entire Jumbotron at Comic-Con. And it basically looked like it was every major hero and villain that the MCU has had, period. Yeah, and this is a anim- animated series, correct? Yeah, so they'll all be voice actors, but the, the, the cast was enormous. Yeah, I mean, they have essentially Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan, Paul Rudd, Kirk Douglas, um, Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, Natalie Portman, Taika Waititi, uh, Josh Brolin, Mark Ruffalo, Samuel Jackson, Jeremy, and Jeremy Renner, uh, along with a couple other guys. So a lot of the, the major Temple characters will be in this. So yeah, I'm I am really excited to see uh, some some new stories get told from a, a different perspective. I think what will make or break it for me wanting to watch this will be the animation style they go for. I think it'd be cool if they could do like uh, what was it the Matri- anim- Matrix animated? Oh, Animatrix. Yeah, if they do something like the Animatrix, where each episode has like a different art style associated with it, I, I'd be pretty into that. Or if they they choose one I like, but we'll we'll see. I, I'm kind of picky on cartoons sometimes. <laughs> uh, next, which I think was a pretty, or sorry, and then the final TV series uh, announced is there's going to be a Hawkeye show, and it seems like he's going to be training his daughter Kate uh, in it, which I'm pretty excited about. I recently read the Hawkeye um, comic run from, I think, the 20, 2013 or somewhere around there that was really well done. And I like, I like Jeremy Renner a lot, so this this will be pretty cool. Uh, did you hear anything else about that one? N- not much else, no. I also like Jeremy Renner, and I'm happy the uh, he's the last original Avenger who's getting his his own unique property. So I'm I'm happy about that. I think he might be the most surprising too, because he you know he doesn't have superpowers or anything. Well, that's what they said. The like the basis of this is going to be is him him training her kind of to be a superhero without powers. And then the final movie announced, which I think I'm excited for because I wasn't sure if we'd be getting more of this, is the fourth movie in the Thor series. It's called Thor Love and Thunder, and Natalie Portman will be coming back. She sure will. (laughs) Uh, So it seems like, I don't know if she's going to be in it long term or not, but it seems like the mantle of Thor will be being passed to her as well for at least briefly uh, in reference at, at at least in reference to the comic run where there was a female Thor for the past couple years. Yeah, I'm excited about this. It looks great. I mean, just the logo alone looks like pretty fantastic. Taika Waititi is directing again, which is obviously a fantastic choice. Yeah, he crushed Ragnarok, so I am really, really excited to see uh, what he does, especially because, like you said, the... The logo for this totally gives me '80s vibes. Still, mm-hmm. like it looks like uh, he, like He Man and the Masters of the Universe <laughs> or something logo like that. Like it, or Dungeons and Dragons, like something like that. Like I'm excited about this one. I didn't love Natalie Portman in the other Thor movies, though, so I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> see, I kind of did. Um, well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how she does. I am really excited about this one, though. Of all the ones on this list. It's I, it's probably this and Eternals are the two that I'm the most excited for. Yeah, and so before they closed out, uh, they had me- they mentioned by not mentioning sh- uh, things that they they didn't have time to talk about, and include they referenced uh, they couldn't talk about 
they didn't have time to talk about the Fantastic Four, uh, mutants, um, or things like that, which is interesting because apparently those are now in the mix, which is, I think, good because Disney, or I guess Marvel, owns all those rights again. Uh, but they did have time for one last announcement where they seems like there's going to be a Blade movie. Yep, they brought Mahershala Ali out, and he had a, a Blade hat on, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm i curious how they do. Again, they've earned the benefit of the doubt, but I loved Wesley Snipes' Blade, and I always thought that that was one of the stronger Marvel movies until they started doing the MCU stuff, and Blade always felt like it was the forgotten uh marvel uh movie child because no one ever talks about really i guess they do now but before no one really talked about as being like one of the best comic book movies one thing i would really love is if wesley snipes had a cameo that'd be cool i uh, yeah some just some reference to him i don't know how he gets along with everyone though (laughs) (laughs) that's true uh, so I actually of all the announcements besides Thor, I'm actually pretty excited about Blade. I really like the Vampire Hunter stories with Blade and stuff because it's so different from the rest of the MCU. Yeah, it really is. Um, so before we get off this topic, uh, I know we've been on a while. Do you think you're going to get the Disney subscription? Honestly, probably. I, yeah. Like I, t- <laughs> I want to not do it just because I've got so much going on already with subscriptions, but I feel like I can, I should be able to combine my Hulu and my Spotify and get, get one of those taken care of. And then I I should have room for, for a Disney plus subscription. Yeah. I I don't, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't like that. I think it's, if you're really into this stuff, I think it's really cool that they're now tying the television series so closely to the movies but I'm not terribly into TV shows, and none of these other than Hawkeye and Loki really make me want to watch them. And I don't know if I want to watch them enough to and you know have to start paying for another subscription service. Uh, the other things that they do have, though, they're going to have the Star Wars shows as well. But again, I'm not really sold on those either. So I'm, I think I'm leaning towards no on this until maybe they they show more on it like if they have you can watch every disney thing ever released like all the animated series like all the like old cartoons all the animated movies that you can't get easily anymore then i would be more likely to get it just because there's so much stuff on there that's hard to find even like pirating on the internet but if it's just like marvel and star wars stuff i I think i'm going to be a no yeah i think my chief question is going to be what's available at the jump and like, what am I gonna have to wait for? Because if if they release this and it's only like a couple of things, then I'm I'm not gonna get this on day one. But if like if it's coming out with like you said, like the entire Disney back catalog, I'd I'll be hard pressed not to pick this up. All right, guys, now it's time for our Amazon review game. A quick recap. I'm going to read a five-star review from Amazon to Christian to guess uh, for a movie. Sorry. All right, guys, time for the Amazon review game. So for a quick recap, I'm going to read a five-star review for a movie from Amazon. Christian will then get two yes or no questions to help him narrow down the movie. He can then ask for another review. He'll get two more yes or no questions. There will be one final review, and then he'll get two more yes or no questions, and then he has to guess. This year, we are keeping score. 
Uh, and so you get three points for getting it on the first uh, review, two for the second, one for the third. Christian, are you ready? I'm ready. Well, my confidence in the, quotes, critics has gone downhill since this came out. They have been panning and trashing this movie since it came out, and they're totally wrong. Am I a little biased? Maybe. I was 12 when the originals came out, and I had a, and it had a profound in- influence on my future interest. The problem with the, quote, critics out there is that they seem to put up blinders when they see this movie, totally forgetting that it is part of a huge epic. In doing so, they will miss many of the subtleties in this movie. So many things are set up in this that half the time I found myself scanning the future movies through my head trying to fit the pieces together. I have already been postulating events in the next installments. The director is a master world builder. I was afraid that he wouldn't be able to capture the look and feel of the originals, but boy, was I wrong. Did this movie come out this year? Uh, No. Okay. Oh, man, I was so sure. Never mind. Uh, Is this a sci-fi movie? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to need another review. Okay. This one is worth buying for any fan of this franchise. That said, as a film, George has left much to be desired. Science fiction fans unfamiliar with this series, as if they existed, would still like this one, but the general viewing public would probably be disappointed in the relative weakness present, especially versus the original films. However, and this is a big however, this review is for the DVD, which... Which transfer is among the most amazing ever. Sound is impeccable, video fantastic, and the extra features, including the original bonus, er, including the bonus footage originally cut from the finish. Sorry, including bonus footage originally cut but finished specifically for this DVD are to die for. It's quite an unreal package for DVD genre enthusiasts. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, man. Is this a Star Wars movie? Yes. Is this The Phantom Menace? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I was listening to that first review, and I was 100% sure it was the new Hellboy movie. <laughs> uh- <laughs> I don't know why, but I was positive. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I, I've assumed you've seen The Phantom Menace, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah. I just, like, amazed at how, like, incredulous this guy was that critics did not like Phantom Menace because it, <laughs> it does suck. Every review is just like, this isn't that bad. Jar Jar doesn't suck that much. Like, that was every review, and it's like, ah, like, it's too obvious. Well, it's funny because a lot of these reviews are actually from, like, the year 2002, so it's people standing up for it, like, before, like, prequel memes was a thing, too, which is even uh, more crazy to me. That's funny. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to our episode. Before we head out, Christian, what are you going to be checking out this week? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, I'm going to be leaving for a, uh, a school trip here uh, at the beginning of next week. So I'm going to be getting ready for that. But uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes out this week, which is uh, the new Tarantino movie. And it's got Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio and Margot Robbie. So 
I'll probably check that out before I go. Uh, other than that, I uh, <laughs> Big Little Lies has its had its uh, season finale this this past week, so I'm I'm looking for a new show. And you had mentioned Barry, so I'm I'm probably gonna give Barry a shot. Yeah, so I actually just finished the first season of Barry. I, I really like it. My brother suggested I check it out. Um, I did, so I'm, I'm glad I did. I'm going to probably watch the second season here this week. Otherwise, I still need to beat Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. I'm, I'm in like the last area, so I'm really close to beating it. I just need to go for the Platinum next. But other than that, I, I don't think I'm going to be checking out too much. Um, I might try and go see Spider-Man just because it's it's been out long enough now where i think the theaters won't be as busy if i go on a on a cheaper night all right guys thanks for listening to our episode before we head out we're going to be taking the next two weeks off we will be back the week of august 12th if you guys want to start looking for us then um if you want to reach us you can email us we're at gambots.blog at gmail.com or you can find us at gambots network on twitter um if you like the show please like uh, if you're able to on whatever service you're listening to this on. Otherwise, thanks for thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.